0: Hello and welcome to Slogging It, episode number 14,658. It feels like that, but the amount of prep work we've done for this one. Anyway, um, there's the three of us again, which is nice. Eugene Berger, how the devil are you?
1: I'm fantastic, thank you, Robert. I've been really busy. Cricket camps are started for the juniors, new bargaining at the club, and I have a day job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Other than being a chairman of Twickenham. Quick enough. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, I'm good there. thank you. Right. So
0: today, we are going to talk about all things Women's World Cup. We are going to have a bit of a dip into the IPL and the due factor. Uh, we might have a thing into a bit of affordability of cricket, because that kind of rounds off what I'm going to introduce Chano for in a minute. And we're going to possibly talk about the fact that South Africa picked the best sprinter in the world, which meant they beat the worst test team in the world.
2: England, uh, England? Know, they one, one, be. Uh, not yet, not yet.
0: But, but, <laughs> Jono, how are you, mate? And why are you eating a celebratory ice cream?
2: Well, wow, Simon, it's very nice of you to ask. Well teed up, my friend. Um, I also celebratory flake ice cream and a celebratory beer. Today's been a good day, that's not going to taste
0: great together, though. I mean,
2: that's nice. Oh, oh today it will, my friend. Today, it will. um. Today, I'm very proud to announce that Woodstock has reaffirmed its position as number one Um, bat and equipment manufacturer in, they say the UK, I say world, galaxy, Milky Way, whatever. I'm not talking about chocolate bars here, I'm talking about... about
0: I was going to say, have you got one of them as well?
2: (laughs) I should have thought of that. Um, No, so look, really, really proud day. I try not to talk too much about Woodstock on here, but obviously that is something that is incredibly close to me and... Well, you know, and, and today's days like today, mixed with the reaction to Josh's hundred and everything, you know, it, it's just the last couple of weeks. I've never been more tired. I've never been busier. I've never had to work harder in my life. But it, when you start to get what you've been working for in terms of in regards to kind of uh, reaction and, and what have you, then it, it makes it all worth it. So, um, yeah, treating myself to a flake ice cream and a kind a, a, um, of Big Smoke. Hell's Lager. Very
0: nice. Beautiful. Pleasure. I mean, I know, obviously, you're using uh, the Woodstock stuff this year. What's your, I mean, we, we, we can have five minutes of one episode blowing a little bit of smoke up Jono's arse, can't we? But, um because absolutely, they yeah. are a fine manufacturer. But what's your sort of experience of them been?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been using Woodstock for two years now. This is I'm getting into my second year. I've been pre-seasoning well. I don't know. I've got I've got a quick question to ask you guys, and it's it's an interesting one. It, I, for some reason, I think a bat takes a year to come in, and it's not just any brand, by the way. But the the second year, your bat is just so much better. And I used the Woodstock last year. Um, but um yeah I, I have to say netting with my my woodstock platinum that I've got um from Jono is 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 fantastic I mean look you know, I wouldn't have gone down the route of of selecting uh Woodstock for our kit either um you know for our team wear. so you know I think um not only Jono a good mate but he's also a good businessman and I think he's done well in terms of growing the brand and in terms of turning the brand into a you know the 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 the, the big brand that it's becoming um yeah i think i think you know kudos to him as good. we're talking about you in the third person <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean i think that's fair you what look what at nice about me is when they talk about me in the third person so that's all good
0: okay yeah, occasionally we do say nice things about each other just not normally to uh, each other's faces on a podcast. <laughs> um yeah i, I think I'd, I'd echo those comments. i obviously known you known you a few years younger know, and been using your cover for a while but i think The way you've promoted the brand has been really good. You look at the stuff that happened in the 100 last year with some of the lads that have been using, and um, obviously you're now in the IPL um, with Benny and and Josh getting his 100 the other week. I think I see good things in the future for you, mate, and I can only congratulate you on everything that's going off. Thank you very Um, much. Which leads us nicely. Um, I know, John, and me, and you have spoken about this a few times, but we can. I, I spoke about this. A little bit when we were talking about uh, the isms in sport. Now whether that be racism or sexism or whatever. But my issue has always been affordability, and it's Mm. especially within cricket has been whether there's been a prejudice towards the people that can afford uh, to pay for certain things. And I know, Jono, you've got as a company, you you, and again not blowing smoke at Woodstock's off, but you you go out your way not to be. Um, extortionate. I've just got a couple of websites here in front of me just to give you some examples of cricket kit at the minute. Uh, I can go on one elite brands website and their average price for a cricket bat at the high end is £700. Uh, on another leading brand, um theirs is a standard price. They do offer discount on their website, but let's face it, no one's getting that. That's £750. Which is extortionate and that doesn't include nets, training, pads, anything like that. I know, Jono, you've had a couple of conversations this week with yeah. people and when it talks about player pathways and stuff now, is cricket becoming unaffordable to the general populace or
2: what do you think on it? Look, I I, I, I can come at this from a number of different angles. I think, for one of the... We've always said we've got three key pillars as a business. This was before I took the business on when I was just a shareholder, and those three things still remain very true. So it's uh, quality of product, quality of service, but also you know price point. Because we all know we're all of an age where when we first got cricket bats, we had to spend about three and a half seasons knocking them in before you could actually use them. But they lasted about four years. The way that cricket is now, people, and the way that the world is in general is people want instant gratification so people don't want to spend three weeks knocking a bat in they want something that plays well basically straight out of the wrapper now what that has meant in terms of cricket bats is that they're now pressed more softly which means that they play better from a you know in, instantly if you like they probably need a couple of hours around the toe and the edges and some throwdowns whatever um but it also means that they don't last as long so to draw that back to the pricing issue, now, we don't carry the overheads that some of the major, major kind of global brands do, um, but I'm pretty sure that what we charge, we for a pro-level piece of wood, we charge £450 off the shelf. Um, now, a lot of our competitors over the winter, because prices have gone up, have decided to put their prices up we decided to maintain our price point, but we've gone to a 0% discount business, which means that the, that price point is the same for everybody. Obviously, we look after professional cricketers and they get their stuff for free because that's a marketing exercise. Um, But other than that, you know, we, we're not about margin. Like I, I am, as you guys quite rightly refer to me, uh, one of the biggest cricket badges you've ever met. I live and breathe the sport and I choose that as my hobby, but also my job. And so it's important to me that, Every time someone walks through the door or the rest of my extended team, every time someone walks through the door, I don't want to feel like I'm whipping the pants down or going to make them cry every time they hear the price. Um, now, it's all very well for these major brands to then say, oh, well, we're, we're 900 quid, but then we can offer you 50 percent against it. There's a massive problem with cricket. Everybody, I get 100 emails a week. Can I have discount? I've been offered 50 percent by X, Y and Z. Yeah, but we're fifty percent cheaper than them to begin with. So actually, you're only getting stuff for the same price, and we we've won the gear test again, which proves that our stuff's better. So there's your choice. But people become fascinated by discount and the amount of discount because that people love a deal, um, and so it's a real problem because cricket has become a massively discount industry uh, over a number of years. Um, people like Adidas, New Balance, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, coming into the market who've got more. Power in terms of buying power, so that all their bats are machine made. Uh, let's make no bones about it. New Balance and Adidas do not have people hand making cricket bats. Um, but also, then that you know, the bats are made in Asia, it's all English willow that gets shipped out there, but you know, it doesn't cost them, it costs them probably arguably less to make cricket bats than it does us, yet we're considerably cheaper. Um, the problem with uh, obviously, Matt Pryor and Graham Swan brought up the player pathway stuff, I obviously mentioned to you guys, not, I did, I had a parent in yesterday with her son to, to buy a cricket bag. Um, and the amount of stuff, like on kit, right, so they've gone on a three-day tour, um, they've got to have three pairs of whites, white kit, trousers, slipovers, shirt, and three pairs of greens. And all this stuff is made by Adidas, right, they're from a, the local county to you and I, Simon, the <laughs> in which we live. Um and the counties are making a fortune off these kids. They're charging 30, 35, 40 quid per shirt and telling kids for a three-day tour they need six plus the training shirt, plus the shorts, plus the tracksuit bottoms, plus the hoodie, plus the Adidas cricket bag, because Adidas have got a deal with the county. Like, how on earth can can cricket continue like and this is why the people like the Ace programs and what Ebony's doing and those guys is so, is so powerful, and what the Tabs doing, trying to create this circular environment where we put kit back into people who, who maybe don't have the uh, expendable income to go out and buy new stuff all the time. But it's it's horrific that you you won't be able to play or go into a county pathway system unless you can afford to pay upwards of a grand fifteen hundred quid a year without any guarantee. Because this is the other stupid thing. This child's parent was told they were had to buy all the kit before they even knew whether they got in the squad. <laughs> so it's almost like a prerequisite. Spend all this money with the county, so we're making all this, all this cash, and then we'll decide if your kid's good enough. Like the horror stories we heard earlier in the year about you know, oh, it, oh well, he, he might just need another one few one to one sessions at fifty quid an hour for another five hundred quid, and that might tip him over the you know, get him into the side. It, honestly, it's it's disgusting. Um, it feeds from the top. I hate the ECB. I think they're an absolute stain on English sport in general uh, and cricket. I, I, I've got a lot to talk about there, and you, as you boys, uh, I've told you a little bit about privately, and we we'll have to talk about that separately. But uh, cricket's got this whole thing. We spawn, we have an involvement with the Bunbury Festival, as you boys know. And someone attacked me on Twitter about it last year. Oh, it's only for public school boys and this, that, and the other. Like, cricket's got this thing. We don't, we, we're not... It doesn't matter to us that they're public school boys. It, like, it, I don't... I Really, I don't care. Like, we, we get involved with that because they're the best 55 under 15 cricketers in the country each year, right? And so it's good for us to have an involvement with those because we think that those guys are probably going to go on... Or some of them will go on to play professional cricket and maybe for England. Um... But this whole elitist nature and the perception of elitism within cricket specifically you you can only feed that sense of injustice if Sussex or Notts or Surrey or uh, Warwickshire or whoever are saying to parents, look, it's going to cost you two grand a year for for us to even consider your kid to play under 15s cricket how is that right? How is that fair? Like you know, Simon, you've got Al, Used well, almost one. I've got a better yeah. way. Uh, how much is that two grand going to turn into by the time in fifteen years our kids have grown up? And I tell you what, wages won't be going up at the same rate. It's just I, mean, I can't I can't get my head around it. And something really needs to be done about it. It's it's frankly I just think it's disgusting.
0: Huge as a as a chairman of a, a cricket club with the, with the junior section and a ladies section and a, everything else that's going on what 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 do you see from like your your juniors your young representatives and people that are trying to make it through the game what 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 do you see and, and and what do you think you could do either differently or what are you doing to help these guys progress
1: yeah I mean it's um you know both both from a junior and a and a, and a woman's perspective we we invest in in those areas. And what I mean by that is actually we provide kit for free when people sign up for their membership. So as every club has, you know, annual subs, um, as part of our annual subs, we, we provide um, free team wear um, so that people can wear um, one, I suppose, you know, again, you know, not, not being not being too clever with it it's it's getting the sponsors branding on the shirts which is obviously a good thing so you get to see the local companies within the community and get them and their branding out there but yeah i mean there's there's so many different ways and the one thing i know that we you know and this is this, i'm sure all clubs will do this but from our perspective we do not turn people away if they cannot afford to play cricket um and what i mean by that is you know, we've got people that come from all sorts of, um, um, you know, diverse backgrounds, and sometimes they just can't afford to to pay the subs, or pay match fees, or pay for for cricket kit. And um, a lot of the time, we we waive those those fees, um, and you know, we absorb them as a club because, you know, more importantly, we're a community that that want to encourage people to join the club so that they feel as part of the family, and you know, you know, give give people the opportunity to enjoy the sport. Um, you know, last year we were, we were, we were fortunate enough to, to have a, a, a little bit of money for the club and we invested in, um, women's gear for, um, from Woodstock. I mean, Jonah did a great deal for us in terms of what we did. We were able to buy and we bought, um, the, the woman, a, a you know, a, a mixed bag of stuff. So, you know, different pads and bats and gloves and, and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think, I think every club should be at least looking at that sort of thing to figure out how they can help. You know, people that are coming from different backgrounds and can't afford stuff. Now, if that means that you that that you know that they come and play with you for the year for free or or maybe get creative, you know, say, look, you know, instead of paying the full amount of subs, you know, pay them off monthly. And there's different platforms out there that you can use to collect money on a monthly basis, because I mean, you know, we as an example are able to collect 15 pounds a month from people that 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 want to pay junior subs as an example, um, or student fees or something to that effect. Um but yeah, I, I don't think, you know, as John has rightfully said, you know, the sport is becoming a bit of an elitism sport. And, you know, the most important thing for us is we want people to have the opportunity to enjoy it with their mates. And if that means that the club has to absorb some of that and, you know, use some of its profits um to to, to make that happen, then then I think that's the way it needs to go.
2: Um so Sorry, uh, you, Robert, just to cut in, I, I think you know that's why it's not only is huge, my friend, like he's a chairman of a cricket club, and I truly believe in the way in which they go about their business. Um, I think where, where, where some clubs may have a slightly different set of circumstances to Twickenham, let's say, you know, Twickenham's a nice area, affluent area, southwest London, where, where with businesses that are probably maybe slightly more willing, let's say, to, to put up sponsorship revenue, and but having done that for old Wimbledonians previously, where you set up the old the sponsorship stuff, it t- does take time. And, and the, you know, it's not an easy thing to go out and approach 500 companies to get four companies to agree to, you know, because everyone's a new email and it's personalised and you have to kind of tailor them and stuff. Um, but, you know, this is where clubs like Twickenham and where UG makes a massive difference and will become famous for making a difference that really, really counts because... Eugene and other people are willing to put in that effort, which is like having another full-time job, you know, either being a captain, as you, as you both know, the three of us have either currently or have been captains previously, you know, it's not, there's so much work has to go into it, but the thing that really gets my go is the fact that there are these businesses, whether that's County cricket clubs or equipment manufacturers or bat manufacturers that just set prices and I basically just like well it's that or it's tough shit. um and i think that you know one of the reasons that we do so well is that you know we keep we keep winning the awards for being the best quality but also then you know people see our price point and sometimes you know it, it, we have to have that discount conversation with people we're like well, we're cheaper even with your 40 percent discount we're cheaper at full price like you know we're not we're not here to rip anybody off um but yeah, look, it's not a perfect world. We're living in an Amazon world now. We've obviously gone into tea, where, as you alluded to earlier. I get people phoning me saying, oh, I placed an order for a shirt two days ago. Where is it? <laughs> so, uh,
0: Sorry,
1: that was me. No, I'm checking.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, these, these things
0: these things happen. I did that, but it was two sizes too small by the time I'd finished eating what I'd had.
2: <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, the, the, world, the world's a different place to the one in which we grew up, but yeah. Um and you know, but with everything else, look, energy bills, everything look, and we're not we're not here to start talking politics or whatever. But yeah, we're not Martin Lewis. But but you know, with everything else that's going on, like companies can cut their margins. We're a low margin business. We'd rather people have brilliant kit and got to and, and loved cricket the way that I love cricket without having to spend eye water amounts of money on it. And that's what drives us as a business. Um and I, I, you know, I just wish that there were more companies out there like that. And but unfortunately, there aren't. They're, they're thinking about lining their own pockets rather than kind of looking after the the, the, the most beautiful game.
0: I think my my, my point of, is there seems to be a lot of people like obviously Eugene, chairman of a cricket club, Twickenham. We're very aware what's going on at our cricket club, John. And you see a lot of people at local cricket clubs doing a lot of things. Like right? most most clubs sort out a kit bag, and whether that be through um, a company like Woodstock who help out a cricket club and, and and give them a bit of discount, or whether it be through a wealthy benefactor, or whether it be through a, a cricket club that's done whatever, they, they they tend to try and get people in because they need those people involved in order to make that club viable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My, my my issues come with when you're talking about counties that that are sitting there charging these guys 40, 50. 50 fifty pound a shirt, and you need to do all this, or you're charging these guys thirty pound a train uh, or five hundred quid for a set of winter nets, or, or whatever it might be. I, I don't, I don't get that. For, for me, surely at some stage they've got to be shooting themselves in the foot because if if let's uh, let's use knots for example. We're both from knots. I'm not. This isn't a dig at knots in any way. I don't know anything that's maybe happened at knots, but if. If not, not missed out on Luke Fletcher as a kid. Yeah. Luke Fletcher made it as a professional cricketer because, and he spoke about this on on, on a um, thing about Trembrace this week because of Papwick, Yeah. And they got him involved in cricket, and only at 17, 18 years old did he get down involved in Knotts. And that was because parents of, of people at Papwick and various other clubs who were once he started making it into the Knotts Junior setup. We're prepared to drive him round. Yeah. Prepared to ferry him to places. Prepared to get him to nets. But his, he, he made it in spite of the system. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's there's too many people that that aren't making it because of that situation. And that for me is, it is terrible. It's shocking. You look at the ECB this week uh, uh, announcing a new deal with Sky Sports. Now. Jono will have a hissy fit if Tom Harrison gets a, a bonus based on that deal. Um, But but you know what? That, that There needs to be something going into it. These guys, are, there's, there's too much money involved in the game now for somebody who can't afford a playing shirt yeah. to not be involved in cricket. And that, for me, is if someone can't afford 250 quid because they want the kit on the chance they might get in a
2: squad that's, that's yeah, what, bullshit, what, what's imagine. more important is it the skill of a 15 year old or whether they can pay a county? Let's talk, let's say, knots because we are talking about knots. um, whether they can afford two grand. Like, you and I both know Fletch very well. Like, big shout out to Fletch. I'm really proud of him today. I phoned him earlier just to congratulate him on being, you know, he, he feels like he's coming home. He's got a gig with the Trent Rockets in in the 100, which yeah. is amazing. He, he, he got a call up to um Welsh Fire last year, but yeah, really, really proud of him. Um, and I've not known Luke a long time, but I'm pretty sure that Luke's parents, that Luke's family, wouldn't have been able to sh- shell out two grand or the the, the equivalent whenever, you know, when, when fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, when Luke was fifteen years old. And then yeah. what happened? No, I, I do not any doubt about that. And then what
0: happened? I mean, you, you hear stories about him. Fletch, let's use Fletch as an example. You hear stories about him getting two buses and walking two, three kilometers to get to Tranbridge for an under seventeen. There, yeah. you were, you were all all sorts of different stories. But for me, it's, it, there needs to be something that's, that comes from this, um, from, if it's a Sky Sports deal, if it's a BT Sport deal, I don't give a f- flying whatnot, which company is showing it, but like we, it, just it, there's I'm, got to be an amount of it that's got to go back into the system.
2: They've just seen for, ten year this 10-year deal as well, haven't they, on the kit. I think it's 10-year deal, it's Castor, um, kit. Um, which uh, Josh gave me a couple of shirts uh, when I was out there in Barbados with him. And this Castor kit is uh, truly dreadful, by the way. Uh, But anyway, that's another story. Um, But, you know, the ECB have have taken probably less money than they could have by signing three three three-year deals than, they, you know, they signed a 10-year deal with 25 million quid because they've probably got all the money up front. They're front-loading their deal at the expense of the national the, the, the second national game how like you know because let's say it's tom harrison or let's say whatever else it might be who's who's got it written into their contract that they take a cut of it like because that suits individuals that isn't good that is how is that going to help kids of a council estate in hackney who've got loads of talent progress into the into, yeah. into playing for england or playing county cricket it's not
0: you know it's, it's not, and uh, we could do this, we could do an hour and a half mm. on this alone, couldn't we? So, but let's move on.
2: Yeah. Any Anyone who's got any comments to make on this, by the way, like, get in touch. Like, info at uk. obviously our Instagram, our Twitter, everything. Like, you know, we we actively want you guys to get in, involved in this and talk about yeah. it and share your own experiences. We will talk about it. Like, we have no allegiance to the ECB have no allegiance to Nottinghamshire or Warwickshire or Surrey or anyone like we're three blokes who have played reasonable levels of cricket we love the game and we will talk about anything that you want us to talk about and because we'll have opinions on it and we're you know we're not share, we're not scared to express those opinions because we don't we don't have to be we're not wary of it. we don't work for the BBC we don't have to worry about who we talk to or who we might offend or whatever because don't
0: we might get a gig on Channel Four soon because they'll be sold off. But
2: let's. Yeah. Not. I mean, don't you worry. I'm going to upset some folk later on. So <laughs> stay tuned. Right. Yeah. There, there has there has also been some cricket
0: being mm. played recently. Um. Huge. I'm going to come yes. to you. South Africa have beaten Bangladesh in a Test match. But you're still not happy, are you? No, I'm, I'm definitely not happy. I mean,
1: it's great. First of all, go to see. Test cricket being played again in South Africa, all bit one test against Bangladesh. It was nice for them to win again, I guess, you know, after losing the the one-day series, um, winning the, the test series 1-0. No. But, yeah, um, from my perspective, I... How does
2: it feel? I... How's it, how's it feel to have a country of your birth win a test match? Because uh, Simon and I, fuck me, we forgotten forgotten. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, it's actually quite nice. It's quite nice. Um, And I'm looking forward to having a beer with you guys at one of the test matches uh, when England are playing South Africa. So we'll have to make a plan for that. Um, But yeah, I'm still not happy, unfortunately, because it's not test cricket when, you know, you have in your second innings, two bowlers bowl. What's the point? You know, especially when it's two spinners or, or, you know, I just don't understand it, you know, preparing, curating a pitch. So that it's um, equal for everyone to play against. Look, I, I look. I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a bowler of spin. I like seeing the ball turn, but not immediately. You know, give at least the batsman a, a chance of trying to be able to do something. Um, you know, make sure that the 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 fast bowlers have an opportunity to see the ball swing. It's just yeah, I just don't like cricket when. There's one skill that dominates so much more than other, And I know people will say, well, hang on, but batting does it against bowling when sides go out and score huge amounts of runs. And I go back to the, the Pakistan-Australia test, you know, watching those skillful Australian bowlers reverse swing a ball to then Nathan Lyon coming in and taking it. That, for me, is test cricket, not second innings. Where was it? Uh,
2: where, which, where was it was played? It?
1: Durban, 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 which is you know, which is really weird because normally the Durban pitches are, are actually quite spicy for seamers, oh. but to see it turn as much as it did on on day five, uh, maybe they're on drought or something. Uh, again, I don't know the current climate in South Africa or what's going on, but well, if the load, just unbelievable. If the
2: load sharing and there's no electricity to, to do the, the pumps and all that. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I just say, but yes,
2: yeah. I'm talking to one of those two spinners now. I think Simon Harbour, who we all agree we think is the best off spinner in the in the world, um, has been toiling away, taking the piss out of County cricketers in England for Essex for about 10 years and was trying to qualify as English, and then all of a sudden, he's, we've let that slip through our fingers, and now he's gone back to play for South Africa. For him.
0: Yeah. Well <laughs> done do the
2: you know ACP. what was well weird? Done Tom. Well done, Tom Harrison, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> do,
1: you, do you know what was weird? I think the reason he's actually got into the side is because other people went and played in the IPL.
2: That's unbelievable. He's so <laughs> good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, strange I think, one. I
0: think, I think we spoke on last week's episode, didn't we, about South African cricket and the fact that it um, always manages to find a way to shoot itself in the face. Never mind the <laughs> foot. Um but they uh, in 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 people going off to the IPL and whatever they seem to have decided that picking the best off spinner. Well, he's in the top two, isn't he? There's Nathan Lyon and mm. him. You'd probably say the the, the two best off spinners in the world, but um. Yeah, they, they've they found someone that can actually make it bounce, spin it. Although on Durban, I, I can remember Durban as a kid being like a fast bounce. Yeah, that's why I said. Can but by, I, um... by the same token, if they're getting bowled out on day five by spinners, part of me thinks South Africa have batted well. They've batted well in the first few days of that test to get that game to a point. Yeah, And if there's... It's not as if Bangladesh aren't used to playing on spinning wickets, is it? I mean, it's not like they right. play on the wacker every week or Trent Bridge. Like they, they, they're used to playing on spinning pitches. I
2: mean, we, we dry, said 2. we off air, didn't so. we? Like I think you and I, Robo, before we started recording, challenged Eugene on this a little bit. Like, and I know maybe it's because we're England fans and we're just desperate to see England like compete, let alone win. <laughs> um, well, you, you just have to, I guess you have to do what you need to do. You know, if it is about winning games of cricket, then, you know, maybe, there is, maybe some people would say that opening the volume of Maharaj and Harma was the way forward. Um, I do want to give another shout-out, by the way, to someone that I played against years ago, uh, S.J. Sarah urwi who's opening the batting for South Africa now. So, he, he played for Weybridge um, in the, in the Surrey Premier League um, years back. Um, and he had two or three. Years. He's actually going back to play from this year as a warm up. He is, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just unbelievable to think about. Um, but that's where the Currens play. It's where Jack Winslade plays. Like, it's a brilliant club. Um, but I'll never forget there was a period of seven weeks where SJ um, in the Premier League didn't score less than 50. Uh, and he had three, three or four hundreds in there. There was like seven weeks consecutively. And he just got like a gazillion runs. And everyone was like, who is this guy? Well, that guy is Saral Irby, who's now opening the batting for South Africa, uh, who is unbelievable. So, SJ, if um, if you do hear this, congrats, mate. Really proud of you. Do
1: you, know, do you know what's really interesting about listening to one of his interviews? He's actually not that young, and he's been given the opportunity at the ripe old age of, you know, early 30s. Mm-hmm. So, this planning for the future and new dawn that England are going through, stuff that. How about selecting the best players that are scoring the runs that are able to win new Test matches.
0: Well, yeah, you you look at they 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 picked Van der Dussen what three years ago, who was twenty nine. I I know I said last week if you're going to go for a new dawn, pick young lads that haven't been tainted. What South Africa have got is a competitive county cricket system that people will thrive in, and 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 prepares them for that next level of cricket. Unfortunately, at that next level of cricket, there tends to be an awful God awful amount of mm. politics that's involved in picking the best team. So but what, I've got no problem right. if if it means that. But, but for me, if you've been tainted, if if Rassi van der Dussen was averaging. There's no way that Rassi van der Dussen would have gone from averaging 45 in one day cricket in South Africa to averaging 70 if he was averaging 45 in one day cricket no. in England.
2: Mm. But what I mean, just to quantify what your point is there, uh, Robbo you have bet, you have said about youngsters but you have also on a number of occasions said quite rightly if you want to win games pick games to win games now like you know and if Darren Fletcher and yeah. Luke, uh, Darren Stevens and Luke Fletcher are the best two bowlers outside Jimmy and Brodie and they're going to be your fourth, third and fourth seamers, fucking pick them like who care who cares? it's not about it's about stats and this you know I've said to Benny uh, the lads at Gloucestershire they and we uh, Coe didn't we when we talked to Coe he was like, people aren't being picked on stats. They're being picked from where which county's fashionable. fashionable. Um, I had a conversation with someone this week about it. I, I, Aaron Redmond, who used to open the batting for New Zealand, came in and got a load of Woodstock kit. He's now playing up in the Liverpool comp. And we were talking about it. And, and it, saying, you know, these poor lads who play at a Derby or a Gloucestershire or, you know, these are the, the, the North Northants. You know, how many guys do you see? Probably Mark Footit might be the only one who even got a sniff of England at Derby. John Lewis played at Gloucestershire and played a bit of uh, white ball cricket for England. But, you know, if they're not... It, 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 it's like stats are thrown out the window and it's, do you play at a fashionable club? If not, ta If you can't pay two grand for your kids to get through the uh, winter season training, he's not got a chance. Like, at what point is the realisation going to occur to people... That the way in which our national game or second national game is being run by the governing body, or the the the, the, the counties within that, is wholly unacceptable. Yeah, I'm 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 going to delay your next rant because I'm gonna
0: I'm going to go to Eugene again because he's the one that brought this up. Um, the IPL has obviously started since we last. Uh, it seems quite competitive, to be fair, unless you bat first.
1: Yeah. Uh, due factor, right, and and, and all, all the different scenarios that are going on at the moment. I, well, first of all, how good has it been to see the mix, the the mix up of the different talented players going to different teams? You know, I watched um, some of the the RCB game today, and Jahal was playing against the RCB, and he got some. You know, I think he I think he bowled um, David Willey with an absolute perler of a ball through the gate. And it was great because, you know, I, I know it must be tough because, you know, he played pretty much all his cricket at RCB. But so, yeah, I mean, first of all, great to see the the the, the talent that's on show at the IPL. Um, yeah, I suppose, unfortunately, that's just the way cricket is. And, you know, we said this about World Cup cricket. You know, whoever wins the toss, obviously you bat second because the ball comes on. So it's it's not necessarily, um, you know, how good you are. Or, look, they, look, there has to be talent. I mean, and I know... That there are going to be sides and times that you know the, the it goes against the grain and a side is able to win you know batting first in some instances because because they can but yeah you just got to adapt right
0: yeah Josh Butler got a hundred didn't he and won Rajasthan the game got hundred whatever it was thirty and sixty yeah. two yeah. balls or whatever it yeah. was and they got I mean there's some big scores. There's some big, big scores. Considering like when some test cricket's been played in India, people can't, well, England normally can't get 150. But the one thing I'll say though. All of, all of a sudden in T20 cricket, people are getting 215
1: and it's not. Even... I think they're playing on postage stamps. I saw today um, um Yeah, the band Yeah, on hit the six. And it looked like from when, when you watch it, it landed in the middle of the stands. And they go, that was a massive six, 69 metres. And I'm going... Sixty-nine meters. Great. How can that be so small? I mean, look, I, I know that Liam Livingston hit a massive one, one hundred and eight meters, the longest six of uh, of the tournament so far. But yeah, I mean, the the the, the ground they played on today is just it was it looked like a postage stamp with the, the amount of sixes they were hitting.
2: So I obviously shared something with you boys as we do. We talk a lot offline, don't we, throughout the week about what we're going to talk about. Um, and obviously, I commentate, as you boys know, for Guerrilla Cricket, so I'm involved in that group. And I saw some interesting that I shared with you both. Um, in the first eight IPL matches, eight times the team winning the toss chose to field and seven times they won. So the question was, when does this become a statistically valid trend? And then there was a, there was another thing for, now it's time for the pay TM handicap. The team batting second has to bat for two overs wearing a blindfold just to try and make it, just and make it <laughs> a bit fairer. But like, you know, look, is the IPL... In this, that, that every sport in the world is supposed to be played start to finish on some kind of a level playing field. We all know throughout the history of cricket and due factors and stuff to bat second gives you a, a, a reasonable advantage. Why are they not playing more games in the daytime? Because that would then, you would suggest, make it fairer because they're more akin to the same conditions. Is that because they're not going to get the crowds in? They're not going to get 80, 90, 100,000 into the stands? Does that then mean that that then is a purely financial decision, basic, uh, purely a commercial decision? Um, you think about TV rights. Are people going to pay when people, you know, if we're all at work, are we going to watch it at two thirty in the afternoon? No, because we're at work. So then, our broadcasting company is going to then pay the same amounts for the rights to broadcast it, etc., etc., etc. It's becoming. And I, I, I'm aware I'm just moaning tonight. I'm ri- literally just whinging start to finish. Aren't I? Apart from the woodstock stuff at the start, point. Yes. we haven't even got oh, to your no, main topic. No, I yeah. don't don't worry. That, I'm I'm just lining lining up for that. I've got me I've got around my crosshairs. Don't worry. Um, but the um, it is you know does it does it make a bit of a mockery? Does it does it is it you know at when at what point does the toss become so um, so important that it then starts to devalue the The quality of the competition. For me, the tossing cricket has always been important. Shall we? Even if NASA's making the wrong call at Brisbane. (laughs) But well, to be fair,
0: if you think if you're playing proper Test
2: cricket, let's say proper Test cricket
0: on a proper Test wicket, nine times out of ten you're going to win the toss and bat. But you know, during those first two to three yeah. hours, you have to it's going well, to be right?
2: tough.
0: Yeah. You, you're going to have to bat well. So, you try and take advantage of the situation you're going to be in, knowing that there might be a hardship within that. So, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit because I think the balance has gone a little bit too far. But, if you're going to sit there and pick a team which everyone does in the IPL now, which is fundamentally two and a half seamers and then five spinners. And then go, well, it's not fair if we bowl second. Well, you're not, you're not balancing your team then, are you? Because if you're a seamer, yes, the ball slides on. Yes. There's potentially more we can say about, uh, should the ball do more on a, on a, on a greenish or a moist wicket. But, if you're a seamer bowling in those situations, if you ask a seamer what wicket they want to bowl on, they want to bowl one that goes
2: through. They want to bowl one that's got a bit in it. Is it just more of an easy excuse for seamers to stay out uh, the Jew means? Because surely they can, professional cricketers and international cricketers should be able to adjust their lengths or find a length that even, on, even with Jew on the ground can work for them. You would yeah, think. yeah they, they should be,
0: for me... And I'm not saying it's easy because the skill set is, is very difficult and bowling on those wickets when they are flat, especially when they're flat with a little bit in them, with a little bit of pace in them. India used to be easy it Used to be easy to contain on. That's why we used to watch test matches, test matches in the 80s and 90s and people had set people 270 and 90, 100 overs and they couldn't get near them because the ball wasn't coming onto the bat. You could bowl seamers on them. So when the ball is coming onto the bat, yeah, it's easier to play shots. But for me, there's this... A Yorker has gone out of the game. Yeah. People now talk about running and hitting the pitch and Boulder hitting back of a length and making it difficult to score. But yeah. this, it's an easy excuse. And you saw it when, when the World Cup was played here in 2019. Everyone thought they were going to be flat pitchers. Everyone thought it was going to be 350 plays
2: 360.
0: Yeah, And whether it was the ICC or whether it was the curator, uh, the curators, yeah. I believe I've just said that. What a, <laughs> uh, whether it's the groundsman that, that made it so that wasn't the case. And all of a sudden you saw New Zealand come into it, getting 250, 260 every week. Like the ability to adapt is important. And, and that's part of cricket. That's when we were talking about South Africa versus Bangladesh earlier. Part of cricket is adapting to a situation South Africa saw a pitch, picked the team based on that pitch, and then mm-hmm. won the game because they adapted to that. Now, if these guys aren't good enough in the IPL, now, if you're telling me that 10 whatever team stats guys can't figure out and look at a pitch and go, right, perhaps need seamers, perhaps these death bowlers, we perhaps need more finger spinners as opposed to wrist spinners because it's easier to grip the ball, whatever it might be, then there's something that needs looking at. Now, so... I've got just less than zero sympathy for these guys that can't adapt to a situation and win a game. Because you're getting paid an ungodly amount of money. Yeah. Now some people might say that the batters are adapting better than the bowlers, and that's that's that may be fair, but these guys have got to be yeah. skillful enough. You've got time, you can bowl Yorkers. You can't right. blame the pitch. For not being able to call no, no, York. it's a
2: job, and like you say, they got paid an ungodly amount of money. I think I- ICC yeah. global competitions, the ICC are basically, in effect, decide what the pit, how they they want the groundsmen to, to uh, prepare the wickets. Um, obviously in test matches and whatever else, then that, that isn't the case. But um, something else. I was talking to obviously Brent, who we interviewed on the the podcast last summer, uh, at Forest of Arden, and he was we were talking about um, side makeup. Uh, But we're talking about it from an amateur perspective, and it's very different in Australia to uh, when they play one-day cricket as to what it would seem we do here. And he says we seem to have missed the boat a little bit because in England it's very the norm is to pick a balanced side, so you pick six batters, a keeper batter, and then you an all-rounder maybe and three bowlers. He was like, in win lose cricket, it's not about taking wickets; it's about scoring more runs than the other blokes. And it's a very simple thing, but it's something that they very much seem to adapt to, whereas over here, it seems that we just seem to be lagging behind, you know. Um, and so he's like, well, look, you pick, you know, two seamers, a load of all-rounders, and then you've got, you know, a load of different options, but you, you go, you should go batting heavy because it doesn't matter whether you're beaten by 300 or three. It, 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 to win a game of cricket, hmm. it's about scoring more runs, not, not about yeah.
1: Here's here's an interesting one for you. We've got this thing. I don't know. We we, we talk about it in our club a lot. Um, batters get you into the Premier League. Bowlers keep you in the Premier League. Yeah,
2: probably. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's and and again, I'm just sort of going with you know. You think about it from a, an international point of view. They must have a saying like that, you know. Mm. Batters get you the runs. Bowlers take you the wickets. Obviously, I mean, but it's one of those where, I mean, you look at the top sides in the world right now. Yes, they have fantastic batters, but my goodness me, Australia's bowlers are looking oh, yeah, good at they're the
2: unbelievable. Moment. I mean, you know, the scary thing about Australia is that I just think they're going to start sitting at the top of everything for ages again. Like That group have, they've got, I mean, you'd, you'd arguably say that Hazelwood, Stark, um, Cummins, like, they're, they're kind of getting on in their careers. Injuries are probably likely to start happening a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, when those boys are on song, I, I mean, they're a joy to watch. As much as I hate saying it, like, you know the the way that you know you and I and Robbo, the three of us, we all watch the Ashes, and it's like it's like the bowling on different wickets. <laughs> I know, yeah. And then they brought the second string bowling attack in, and they were two wipers. Yeah. And then the,
1: the second string bowling, and he just takes polls for fun. It's like, oh uh, yeah, okay, come on.
2: Got bowling. The yeah, D- test took seven hundred and seventy-five thousand wickets at an average of <laughs> three. Um, exactly. You know, but there we go. There we go.
1: Yeah, I I think the Aussies are just a a different breed. And, you know, maybe that's a good segue. Um, A certain another Australian team won a a, a World Cup, right? They did.
0: They didn't win it, to be fair. They (laughs) um, absolutely romped it. Now, when you talk about bowlers, they have got some some decent bowlers. But I think if if we stop talking about the batting, then have we witnessed the greatest... Yeah, I'm Jono. Calm down. Calm down for the minute. Have we witnessed the greatest World Cup final in no. And
2: I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because Nat Siver had got fucking more than she did.
0: <laughs> Eugene, Eugene. Eugene, have I, I, we witnessed-
1: I great. thought, you know, what a power couple, Elisa Healy, 170. What a great thing, uh, uh, Mitchell Stark there watching her. You know, the same as when 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 Mitchell Stark won the T20 World Cup, Elisa Healy was there. I thought it was an unbelievable innings um, and fair play to them. But I have to say, I was very disappointed. We haven't really spoken about what happened in the semi final. Very disappointed that the South African woman choked. As the South African men choke in semi-finals, but yeah,
0: disappointed or surprised?
1: <laughs> no, disappointed. I was hoping they would they would buck the curve, you know, <laughs> do something different to what South Africa normally does in a semi-final. Look, uh, you know, England losing their first three games and making it all the way to the final. Kudos, come on, they they did fantastically well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they did fantastically well. Um, like you say. I, yeah they they decided to make a bit of a change halfway through in batting orders and all this kind of stuff and 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 got ourselves in. I don't I don't think they they bowled overly great um in the final and but however <laughs> Alyssa Healy's innings is for me I mean the, the the closest one Ricky Pont in 2003 was something incredible
2: now Silver got more than him Nat Sugar did get more than him.
0: I don't dispute that. Um, However, with the bat, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go and get yourself a cup of tea, just pause the podcast for a minute. Go and get yourself a brew. (laughs) Michael Holding is currently about to replace Mr. John O'Gordon and he's currently pushing off the boards at Lord's Cricket Ground, in order to bowl at Trent Bridge, he's currently on a 128 <laughs> mile run up because um, <laughs> he's going to talk about a number of things the last few wickets, a number of things. when that's it was on
2: 148. Jono, take the floor. go. Oh. <laughs> oh, right, okay now. I, as you boys know, am am planning something for the female game that's, you know, we hope we become a game changer. I'm a massive fan of the the women's game. I think the way that it's come on is phenomenal. We support, uh, through Woodstock, a a number of, um, you know, we've got a number of young uh, women's cricketers and and they're trying to make a real stand in the game. But there's also the other thing coming that you boys know about. Um, and, And so I must quantify that I'm a massive fan of English Women's cricket and the women's game in general. Now, Alyssa Healy, great innings. She was dropped on forty. Um, Haynes, is it Rachel Haynes, the other opener? She was yeah. in, dropped on forty. They get on. They get eighty-two and one hundred and seventy. Now, one of the problems with England's um, early early start, obviously, where they lost the first three, was their fielding. Then they managed to get their act together, but then they've dropped, put two chances down, um, and you know, and it's costing them the game because. Haynes has gone on to get another 40, and um, Healy's gone on to get another 130. Now, that's that's one thing. Um, now, the person I'm about to talk about has been a wonderful, wonderful servant of English cricket, no question. Um, however, I think, in my view, and other people may disagree, and I've got a feeling Simon does, but... You look, at Nat Sivert and Charlie Dean came in and batted at ten. She, she's a, she actually backs up the order in, in female women's county cricket in the first class game, so she can bat. Um, Annie Shrubsole comes in at number eleven, cried away through the entire national anthem before the game because the common theory is that it's going to be her last game in playing for England. She's probably going to retire. Um, and then, you know, I stayed up and watched basically the entire thing. Um, and I was just, for me, if you're in England, if you're an international cricketer, you look at game situation. You have to look at game situation. Nat Siver, arguably one of our two best players, is her and Heather Knight, right? Yeah, I know Danny Wright got 100 in the semi-final. It was a one standout knockout of the tournament for for Danny. Um, but you would say that our best two players, probably Sophia Donkley, probably kind of coming up on the outside, and she'll she'll probably turn into one of our better players moving forward. However. Your number four, who's one of your gun players, is on 148. And it's the third ball of the over or the second ball of the over or whatever it is. Now, yes, we need 12 and over, right? But you're on your shrub sole and you are a number 11 at best. You're in the side to ball big, massive, massive whiffy in-swingers, right? The, but very, very effective, massive whiffy in-swingers. But I think in that moment, she thought, it's my last game. I want to be the hero, and she made the wrong decision. She should have blocked for a life. If Nat Siver... If she blocks, right? And even if she blocks 24 balls, and Nat Siver gets 180, but they fall 20 short, she's done the right job. Trying to be the hero, because, oh, it's my last game, and I feel like it's written in the stars or whatever, when actually third ball, she fucking whiffs it up to mid off Sorry, that... I think is unacceptable just because you, whether you think, whether it's because you think it's your last game or not, or whatever your reasoning is, sorry, you have got that completely wrong. And as much as a six for 30, she effectively single-handedly won as the, with a bowling spell at Lords in the 2017 final against India. Unbelievable. But she's played the last two finals that she's played. She's gone from being a goddess to just an absolute Burke. Um, and no one knows what Nat Siver could have achieved. And no one ever will know because Anya Shubsol, in her last game, potentially for England, decided that she wanted to be the fucking hero. And for me, that is just fucking woeful. That's it. You know, Greg James does that, come and tell us your unpopular opinion thing. <laughs> I, might, I might send him a voice note. No, I, I, don't, I don't dispute
0: that she made the... She got it wrong. I think, I think there's right, a lot. Let me of things ask you right.
2: this. Let me ask you this, because I know you two are a lot more PC than me, and I don't really give a fuck about who I upset or not, quite frankly. Oh. Um, but right, you two, all, all three of us, have been captains, right? I, I, I still am, right? I don't know if you, you're not anymore, you, right? But no. if in that situation, right, your one player. Yes, yes, you're chasing, you need 80 in 10 overs or whatever it is, or 90 in eight overs or whatever it was. But your gun player, Nev Talbot or, you know, uh, Louis Babra or whoever it might be, right, in res- in any respective team, is stood at one end seeing it like someone fucking hurling Jupiter at him from 22 yards. <laughs> <laughs> and just going, I can, I can effectively hit this anywhere. Now, yes, the boundary count might need to go up, but if you're a skipper, if you were head the night in that situation, do you go and put your arm around her and go, "Oh, that no, was a nice game, and thanks so much for everything you've done to English cricket"? Right? Oh, you probably, you definitely do that. But in the back of your mind, are you thinking, "You fucking cunt"?
0: I don't dispute that she's made the wrong. I think that was a bit harsh, but <laughs> I don't dispute she's made the wrong decision. Um, I think to to pin stuff like. There's a long way you can look before that. And I think, unfortunately, Annie shrubso was the one bowler that actually... Where my discomfort comes she was the one bowler that actually bowled it right length. She, got she bowled it right length. She, she bowled the right she, ball.
2: she had the best returner out of any of the bowlers. Our number... Yeah, yeah. And, went and, and for and 70 at, twice in the tournament against Australia, and she's the number one bowler in the world. I'm not talking about the bowling. Like, they got 356 because they... they yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I, and I appreciate, it, which is why I, I don't, I don't dispute she got it wrong. Um, I think there was a lot of things that went wrong before. her. I, I think I I have a bit of an issue sometimes with people going at a lower order batter for not hanging around or not doing whatever. When effectively, no one has to go at a number two batter for not bowling well enough. I
2: agree, it's not her job
0: to go out and score the runs. And, and, that, and that for me is where, where I have a, a bit of a uh,
2: an issue with but it. But it's Nat Siver's job to go out and score the runs, and Nat Siver was doing that pretty fucking well at the other end.
0: Yeah, but should she have been doing that at 270 for four, rather than 270 for nine? And look, look, there are other people to blame. And, so, so, and for me, that's the issue. You can't... It, it, it's the fact that Tammy Beaumont, twenty. The other end, batter, twenty. Heather Knight, twenty. Amy Jones, twenty. Like you, you, you look at, and there were twenty a run of ball. They've not, they've not gone in and and done that. So for me, it's, it's. I don't mean in a, in a in a in a wrong way. It's a bit of a cop out to have a dip at number eleven for chipping it to mid off when the other guys have got out reverse sweeping or they've got out going back to a full one
1: there's only one person that should be upset with Anna shrubs
2: that's annie shrubs all yeah exactly yeah.
1: and look i mean i as a captain i'm I, again i, I suppose i got two 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 opinions on this as a captain i wouldn't have been disappointed with her other than being disappointed because nat could have scored bigger runs If I was Nat, I'd be absolutely fuming because, you know what, I'm – so look at it two ways. Were England ever any chance going to have that game, even if – look, she would have gone on and scored 180 in the final. Yes, I get that. But there was no chance England were going to score those 80 runs in those last 10 overs with one wicket in hand. It was just – I couldn't see that
2: happening. You You remember Ben Stokes at Headingley against the Aussies in 2019? Yeah, but you, you're talking about an exception rather than a rule. Yeah. You're talking no, no, about no, 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 no. one in no, a billion. No, look, I'm not, because no one would have thought that that would ever been able to happen. Yeah. We've no, I, a I, massive, massive, massive field at, and the was it Hagley Oval, Basin Reserve, or wherever, wherever it was. Yeah. yeah. And they basically, for the first time I've ever seen a the Women's International, they played on basically the full playing area. So hit,
1: yeah, they did. Hit yeah,
2: so you, you, you could score, for, you know, quickly. Um, now, look... And, oh, I, I don't agree with, that, but for me,
0: I mean, having an issue with someone when, at number 11, as opposed to having an issue with four of the top four that have got I 20... Get that.
2: I get that, but I think, you mis- I think like, you're kind of missing my point a little bit. Forget. No, I, I, yeah, I, no, I, I agree. It
0: comes across as selfish. What she's done comes across as could come across but as take selfish.
2: take it in isolation. Should she rather than trying to hit it over mid-off, for whether that's her own personal so, thing or not, right, and, that, and that, only she will know that, but should she, in that situation, have tried to play a forceful shot, or actually gone, do you know what, game situation, my mate at the other end is on 148 not out, and I'm going to back her, same as Jaden Seals went out and blocked for his life on behalf of Josh De Silva, who's his best mate to get that 100 in Grenada. Yeah. That that's that's my question. That's my question. Is it? You know, there, it's not about whether she's a number eleven or a number three. It is about when you get that to, to that situation, should she have gone about it differently? So, so would would you have been happier? Let's
0: say, despite, I mean, she has batted at eight and nine for England as a hitter. Really. And someone that's gone in and scored reasonably quick runs, would would you have been happier with her if she'd have, let's say, off the leg spinner got out, and got bowled, got LB, uh, lbw trying to block it? Yes. And not and not doing what she's necessarily good at.
2: I mean, to be fair, th- th- it was thanks to her, I think, that we got through, and she got thirteen quite quickly, didn't she? When we won by a wicket either in the semi or the yeah the last yeah, yeah and not. I think it, it has... I, I just think it I just find it incredibly frustrating. I, I think if I if that if I was Nat Siver, I'd be absolutely livid. Because she's had the opportunity to, to go out and achieve something special. Now whether that could would have happened. Would you not be livid at ten, nine, eight, seven? 7? this is where I think you're missing the point. Like uh, yes, um old uh, Sophia Dunkley got bowled round the legs, right? Yeah, fine, so maybe one, two and three. I don't think Danny White actually made four, not twenty, I think, but like yes, the top order haven't necessarily done their job, but you have to take each individual partnership in isolation, and yeah, 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 in that yeah. environment oh. with which they're yeah. faced. What's the best way to go about trying to win the game? I don't think yeah. Shrubsole trying to whack it over the top of mid off when a mate at the other end, who's one of our, if not our best player, is on a hundred and forty not out, hundred and forty eight not out, and seeing it like, you know, a, a a big thing. No, I agree. I, I think it's fair. It, it, I can see. I can see why that you've got an issue. Um, well I must say, I what, what they achieved in getting to the final, and I never mentioned yeah, yeah. be Australia but, uh, because Australia are, I think, one of the greatest sports teams that you we've ever seen. Because I think they have now won yeah. thirty-eight on the bounce. Just
0: yeah, yeah thirty nine or something. What
2: what yeah. they achieved after? I, I think that I, you know they were saying about the uh, Meg Lanning forced them to watch the twenty seventeen semi final. It was really uncomfortable for him. You know, a couple of months after that that game had actually happened, and then they basically completely reinvented themselves as a team. The way the, their ethos, the, their ethics, the way in which they go about the, their cricket and whatever, and and now they are on. Yes, they had a couple of scares. They had a couple of tight games and whatever, but they are unbelievable. There's four or five of them that you could go, well, they can score 100, she can score 100, she can score 100, she can score 100, and someone steps up. I think, you know, to equally, arguably, only Nat Silver for England did step up in the final. Annie Shrubsold did with the ball. She got three for 46, I think, over 10. Um, yeah. But I just think, if you take that environment, of that 10th wicket partnership in isolation, she's let well, she let herself down massively, but I, I think you know. I'm not going to say she let the country down, but I, I, I think it's unfortunate that we will never see, never have the opportunity
0: one like Steve McLaren in that World <laughs> Cup, was it? Like.
2: <laughs> I think it's unfortunate we'll never get to have the opportunity to see what maybe could have been achieved. Yeah. You, yeah. So basically, you're
1: upset think. because you were robbed of good viewing of cricket. Well,
0: that's what you're upset.
2: If Simba done that, trying to go for it, then I've got more, I've, I'm okay with that because that's her role within that situation. Yeah. yeah. You know. But anyway. Right. We need to thank a few sponsors. We do. Um
0: The Lord's Taverners, always a, a fine charity. Don't forget you can text Tavs eleven to six zero six zero three three one. Make sure you're sixteen or over. And have the Bill Payers, payers permission. That donates three pounds to the Tavs. Fine charity. We've spoken about them before. Uh, Big Smoke Brewery. Uh, Obviously, supported us since the very start of this and uh, fantastic company that they are. Uh, Jolte's Biltong come on board this year. Again, Jono seems to have pilfered all their deliveries. So one. Uh, we're, we're, we're still waiting on, the, well, we're still waiting on some more of that. Halte. Uh, the Samaritans, obviously quite close to me personally. Um, their numbers are available across multiple platforms. Uh, helping people out, especially in some of the things we talk about regarding mental health, and last but by no means least, the winner of the finest cricket kit you can purchase in the country. At what this we, what we've established is not discounted, just cheaper, and better, and that is Wood- And that is Woodstock Cricket. So uh, on that note, we will speak to you guys next week. Eugene, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. It's been very nice to catch up with you wonderful lads. And Jono, it's not been quite as much pleasure <laughs> listening to you.
2: When, you. when you started with Eugene, it's been a pleasure. I was like, oh Christ, what's he going to say to me? <laughs>
0: now,
2: look, I, I know I've, I've kind of come off the long run. I've had a, a, bit of a, you know, a few bees under my bonnet. I've also got another one. Wait, wait until I start talking about the trading standard stuff. Anyway, we'll save that for another day.
1: All right. Speak to you later,